You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. We are going through 1 Kings, and today we are in chapter 13 about, we'll start at about verse 11. Yep, 13, um, 11. And have just been hearing about this, uh, the kingdom has just divided. Yes. And uh, so Jeroboam has taken the 10 tribes, mm-hmm. and Rehoboam has stayed in Jerusalem mm-hmm. with Yes. Judah and the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Yes. And so um, we're kind of seeing how that's playing out. Neither. I don't know. Both <laughs> of them have their big, bad issues. Obviously, there are right. problems on both sides um, and there will continue to be. We won't really see a resolution. These these two are never going to come back together as one, although we'll see moments of them, of the two uh, nations, if you will two half nations, whatever you want to call it, working together again, but they'll never come back together under one king. Um, and But here in the beginning, like we, we just had kind said, of been like hearing were, about Jeroboam. Right, like you were saying, we had heard about Jeroboam. We've heard about him having taken the 10 tribes. And last time we talked a lot about how he was leading them astray, how he was leading them back into the wilderness. That's right. what was happening because we heard his his words were Aaron's words when he made the golden calves and said behold your gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt it was exact duplication of what Aaron had done back in the wilderness one of the worst periods of Israel's wilderness uh, wanderings or happenings if they weren't actually wandering yet Um, but even in that time a very terrible time for them and I think we remember that golden calf that's Mm -hmm. the one we all remember Mm -hmm. but here we have it happening again and mm-hmm. it's two golden calves this time right it's not even just one it's doubled mm-hmm. and um, yeah the same words being said and everything yeah. so jeroboam and he's also taken the people down a road of um something that looks like mm-hmm. what god has asked for a little mm-hmm. bit but it's not it's off right and it's very much, I think this verse in verse. Um, when we see that. Do, 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 yeah, 39, the end of uh-huh. that. And it yep. says that um, in the month that he had devised from his own heart. You said so 39, I, I think, but you meant 33. Yes. Uh, oh, correct. I guess I can't read. Yeah. It's a little number. <laughs> uh, but in chapter 12. 12, 33. And just that he's doing all of this from what he feels in his heart. Yes. He's being led by his own heart here. This is what he wants to do. Really he's fearful of losing the power. And yep. so he's listening to his heart instead of God's heart. That's right. And coming yep. up with this false alternate, false priesthood, false days of worship. I mean, everything looks like you said, looks kind of the same. And yet it's not really the same. And so he's obviously gone astray. He's got them, got the people going to false uh, places of worship where he set up idols, called them Yahweh. Uh, and so this is our, this is our problem. We had it's a huge problem for the people of God. Um, story about the withered hand. And we talked about that, about how that yes. automatically takes us to the New Testament where Jesus yes. healed the no man question. with the withered hand. Uh, because yeah. 
the leadership was bad. The leadership was bad. It's a bad leadership. In both that cases. That has a withered hand, yes. In, in the three times that that word is used in Greek in the Old and New Testaments, the Greek Septuagint of the Old, and then the New Testament, it's only used three times, and every time it's for God's, it, it has to do with God's judgment on a bad leadership. Right. Uh, and two of the times, the withered hand gets healed. And so leadership should get, take that as a sign that they need to get their act together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a recap. We yeah. kind of talked a little bit long about this, but I don't think so. uh, kind think of a recap to head us into this yeah. uh, next story that we're going to, it's kind of a continuation, it's actually. It's a continuation of the same weirdness um, that we've already yeah. started. And it gets weirder. I mean, this is where it really, boy, if you thought it was weird already, get ready because it gives, it kind of goes off the rails here. This kind of story that makes I know, I was kind of wanting to skip this one. The, <laughs> kind of story that makes people say the Bible's hard to read and I don't mm-hmm. understand it. And guys, really, if you're listening, of course, this is a story you're going to have to sit on for, for days and days, months, mm-hmm. probably. I mean, I don't have all of it down yet, but I think we can help you with a few clues as we kind of go through here and maybe get an idea uh, a, a little bit of the direction of this story and why it's written the way it is. So we're going to start by reading the whole thing. Verse 11 through verse 34. So 24 verses. Doesn't sound like that long. I think we can make it. Uh, and we'll go through this whole story and then we'll start kind of digging into the pieces at that point. All right. All right. And just remember that this man of God from Judah has come and he's the one who... Um, has given the signs, the signs to Jeroboam mm-hmm. that things are not good. Right. And they need to get things straightened up. That's right. And he said he wouldn't eat or drink in this place because the word of the Lord commanded him. Uh-huh. Nor return by the way that he came. Right. So we just need to, I just needed to remind you of that because yep. this starts right there right and it there. just continues this story. So. Correct. Just a continuation. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, Which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. And he went out after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have obeyed, disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which, you, of which he said to you, 
eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road, and the donkey stood beside it. The lion also stood beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the bloody, uh, bloody, saw the body <laughs> thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way he heard, from the way heard of it, he said. It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown in the road and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria, will surely come to pass. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priests for the high places again from among all the people. Any who would, who would, he ordained to be priest of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut it off and to destroy it from the face of the earth. Mm. Thank you for the reading. Was a little bit longer than yeah. we normally go. Uh, but I appreciate it, and I like getting this story in one big bite. Like, Because like it's a like weird it's story. Important. Yeah, yeah, it is so strange. You need to be able to picture it in your head. And... Yes. Now, when we read this story, one of the first thoughts that may come to mind is, oh, the hypocrisy. What in the world is going on? What it is really with makes me mad. this old prophet? <laughs> yes. An old prophet who lived in Bethel. Now, I don't have the names of either one of these prophets in this story. Never am I given the name of a prophet. No, it what would make it easier important. if we had names. Yeah, easier <laughs> to read for sure. What seems to be important is where they're from. There's a prophet from Judah and a prophet from Bethel. Mm -hmm. Bethel being North Israel. That's right. where they're doing their worship in North Israel. And so in this, these are our two that are kind of um, against, kind of against the way that uh, uh, they're opposed to each other, obviously. And so now we have to see what happens when these two religious ideals meet. And when they do, it's very surprising in some ways, maybe not in others, because there are things happening that we would assume might happen where they're opposed to each other. But then there's that, what, change of heart almost? And yet it doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem like the old prophet is having a true change of heart or anything. It seems like he planned it this way from all along is the impression you get by the end is that he both set out to to uh, deceive. lead and deceive right. the prophet from Judah, lead him astray, and yet also to show deference and 
uh, even some type of veneration at the, at end, the end for the yeah. prophet. I mean, if he didn't, then he does make a shift in the middle that seems so on a dime and strange and what's happening. Um, and so we have to now figure out what this story really means. I will cut to the chase and tell you one of the things that for sure I think is in this story. And we also said this last time. Uh, and so I don't want it to get away from us. Drinking, eating bread, drinking water, and going back the way you came all have to do with going to the wilderness. Mm -hmm. All have to do with the fact that Jeroboam is a new Aaron in Aaron's bad way. When Aaron was being a, in his working in his bad self and taking the gold of the people and making a golden calf and saying, go ahead, worship it at Yahweh, back in Exodus 32, that this is that Jeroboam is acting like that. And so he is leading people back into the wilderness. This prophet comes along who's from Judah. He can neither eat bread nor drink water here. So the things that the people were always concerned about in the wilderness, well, what are we going to eat? Where's our water? We're going to die. Uh, and the things and that God go kept on giving way. to them, those two things, and then can't go back. Yes, can't go backwards. It's, to go to the wilderness would be to go to return from the way you came would be to go to the wilderness. And so that's what the prophet can't do. So that's going to become the major theme running through here. That's what he's not allowed to do. That's what he's going to be tricked into doing. And that's what's going to cause his death. So yeah. I know that. I know that for sure that that's in here. I have the withered hand story, which reminds me of Jesus in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 following. And I don't think there's any way for us to get around as you and I, this becomes, you know, this is the tenor of our po whole podcast, Luke 24, 27, Luke 24, 44 through 47, Jesus is filling every page of this book we're reading. Jesus is very concerned that we see everything through him. So I'm going to now look at this very strange story and say, well, if anything is here, it has something to do with Jesus. And so in what way might this be telling us about Jesus? And I do think that we get a couple of clues in here that are important. As we're reading through this story, and no, we've already had the withered hand story, uh, part of the story. That's only connected to Jesus in the New Testament in uh, Mark 3, verse 1 and following. Then I have this piece where he's, this old prophet deceives him to come and eat with him. The old prophet from Bethel deceives him. When he hears about it, he goes to him. He actually deceives him in verse 20 and following, um, or I'm sorry, before that even, um, in verse 16 and following, um, he is 15 and following, he is talking to him about coming back and eating at his house. And sure enough, the guy gives in and says, yep, I will. He trusts well, because him. Because he trusts because... it. He's saying that God told him. Yep. So he thinks, yep. well, maybe I missed a phone call. Yeah, you know, maybe. You know? Exactly. That's right. That's kind of what he this thinks. This just makes me so sad because so I feel sad. like that the man of God from Judah is. Trusting uh, another yes, prophet, fellow prophet. And he doesn't and expect he this old prophet like. to. Yep. To be so deceptive. Yeah, it just throws so totally, but totally catching him blindside. Before we keep going, just for a second, mm -hmm. as we're as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking about how this is a real picture of the divided kingdom now. Yes, yes. there's this old prophet. Yeah, 
and I'm and I'm talking about a divided kingdom in Jesus' time. That's different. Mm -hmm. But an old prophet who has held down the old ways, maybe. Yeah. But he's corrupted. Yeah. Yep. And he's from, you know, Israel. Yep. But then this new young prophet. I you mean, not I don't know, does it prophet, call you? He's just a prophet. Okay. A prophet from Judah. Judah man comes. of God from Judah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't even call doesn't him. Doesn't even call him proper, really. He's the man um, of God from Judah. But... It implies that he is later, yeah. but uh, yeah. so he is from David's line, though. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, that's I mean, he's representing. Yeah, certainly David's representing. line. Yeah, no, no doubt. And the way they're interacting here, and the deception that's taking place, and it just makes me think of the old guard mm -hmm. when Jesus comes, and he is. The one who the brings, representative of the line of brings the a word from line God of Judah yep. and has a word and yep they are trying the the others are the bad leadership is trying to trick him yes and deceive him the whole time that's right that's right and so ultimately they wind up uh, enlisting someone close to him to be the one that helps them do the final deception and right. catch him and that one is sitting and eating with him in the most intimate of ways yes. even in the upper now room we're talking about judas of course judas and that's what we're talking about here and so we have that psalm 41 verse 9 idea where uh one who i eat bread with is actively against me uh that's what's happening in psalm 41 very messianic psalm very messianic psalm gets quoted in john 13 18 specifically about the lord's supper and about how jesus was being betrayed by judas at the lord's supper yes. and so they're having this intimate table fellowship and it comes out that one who i'm sitting with eating with has actively betrayed me who i thought was a friend i mean mm -hmm. that was the idea right and so that's what's behind this this man from god from bethel or this um prophet from bethel has has deceived the man of god and now they're sitting and eating uh, have this table fellowship and it is, this is a bad thing because right. it's going to lead. He's only doing this out of deception. He's only doing it to lead the man of God into a bad position. And that's exactly what he winds up doing, leading the man of God into a position where he's going to die for what he's done. That's everything Judas was about. Of course, right. with Jesus, Jesus knew what was happening, but he still right. went through with it because that was but the father's will. this is still will. that typological picture he's Types. not jesus that's he's right. not so going he to, and he know. will die right. and all of those things and stay dead <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um yeah but it's still a picture of what's going on in all time yes, yes absolutely the type is here the type is here and so we do have some things to look at to consider another thing for those who were listening closely that you may have picked up on is the fact that when he does die and this old prophet of all things then goes and gets the body, which sounds so strange. Why does he take so much care of the body? Why is he so concerned yeah. after he's the one who led him astray? Yeah. But he does. He goes and gets the body and he brings him home. And it says he buried him in his own tomb. He said he laid the body in his own grave. Verse 30. Mm -hmm. And they mourned over him saying, alas, my brother. Are you kidding? That sounds so hypocritical. 
so hypocritical. You're like a brother to me. Oh, this morning that's going on. Are you kidding? You're the one who caused this death. But that's exactly what it says they do. Right. And then when they do bury him, he said, when I die, bury me in the grave with the man where the man of God is buried and lay my bones beside his bones for the man of, of God, for the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against the house of the high place, houses of the high places are in the cities that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. So he totally he trusts in the yeah. word, knows this prophet of God, knows he's, uh, this is, so he's given all this veneration, all this, you know, uh, accolades to this man of God now who he's the one who called the death up, caused the death up. This but the is fact so that he lays amazing. Him, yeah. Because yeah. It, it just, it's the story of the bad leadership that Joseph of Arimathea was, was a very part much a of, part of, very much a part of. And we don't know what part he played in any of that. No, but we do know that after Jesus has died, mm -hmm. he goes and gets his body yes, and buries him in his own tomb. That's right. In his own tomb, Matthew 27, 60, Joseph of Arimathea, who Mark 15, 43 tells us, is a respected member of the council. Right. The very council the that council put that Jesus put to death. death. He's a respected member of the council. He then goes and gets Jesus's body and buries it in his own tomb. And is now going to be associated with him forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. He really is. Yes. Buried he is in the same tomb him. as it were. Now, yes, exactly. We see him as a one of the good guys that was part of the bad system. Mm -hmm. And, and for some reason, when I read that story of Joseph of Arimathea, mm -hmm. it doesn't make me as mad as this makes me. Yeah. Because I don't get all the nuance that I get in here. Right. But I should be a little bit maybe, frustrated. Maybe I you mean, should be a little of bit. Of course, I should be happy yeah. for both of them. But yeah. just the initial reading of it just rankles yeah. me so bad because he did this to this man. And then now he's acting like, oh, yeah, he was right. Uh, I'm going to say yeah. Uh, yeah. And so in John chapter 1939, it tells us Nicodemus was there too. And whenever Nicodemus is, is with him and they are both burying Jesus, I cannot help but think that what is really going on there is what we're seeing um, that all of the council, I don't believe for a second, all of the council was there for the condemning of Jesus. Um, right. I, we think we Or if here, they were, I, I just don't They immediately they saw. Some of them some immediately of them. saw the wrong of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't really believe they all were. I think they had just enough to make a quorum. They got the ones together that they could use to vote their way. And then they got what they wanted out of it and, and moved on and put him to death. And this old prophet here, when we're talking about when we have a story, that's about a bad leadership going backwards into the wilderness, even potentially into slavery in Egypt right. and leading the people into idolatry and into bad worship. And they've, their hands been withered and they've, it's been, and it's been healed in their very presence. And they've been told they need to, you know, get their act together. They still have a chance. Oh, still have a chance. All these pieces are in play. Um, and, and including the deception over eating at the same table, everything in the own tomb and then to have this old prophet with all of these things kind of crammed into him both he's deceiving on one hand but then he's coming and he's getting the body and treating it so well at the same time 
I think the Old Prophet may represent for us an amalgam of all of the New Testament pieces mm -hmm. of the bad leadership and those like Judas, they enlist to help them do their bidding. Mm -hmm. And then also the leadership that also sees that, hey, this is Bad not shepherds, a good idea. Right. Yeah, this is maybe we shouldn't be doing this. We need to be doing something else. Um, and so I do have, you know, I could even say Nicodemus and Joseph and even potentially Gamaliel from Acts, mm -hmm. uh, from later in Acts, mm -hmm. all bound up in this in this character of this prophet who right. both hates it, you know, hates what the man of God from Judah came and did and inside his area of of religious superiority and yet also turns around and venerates the body and buries mm -hmm. him in his own tomb and says that man Comes knew to what he was talking about right. and i totally want to be with him right uh, uh, so and we know there were pharisees who followed jesus and we definitely do became, yes became followers, followers of christ they're in so, on the council in yeah in Acts chapter 15. so i think there, there were more than just those people you just, just mentioned the ones we mentioned absolutely but, um, do yep um, now, one other thing we have to deal with before we get out of this text is this whole lion and donkey thing. I oh, think. yeah. I don't think That's we got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that for just a few minutes before we close. Okay. Now, as we look at this donkey and this lion and the weirdness that happens there, we just got to keep in mind kind of we're kind of keeping in mind what what donkeys and lions are throughout Scripture. Um of course, I think immediately uh, our idea of lion goes to the lion of Judah. Probably a lot of us do, uh, because that's how we understand lions to be talked about in Scripture. It's one of the major connecting points we make, the lion of Judah. Scripture also has a directly opposite way of looking at a lion in Scripture, which would be a 1 Peter 5, 8 way, mm -hmm. where the devil is like a lion who prowls around seeking someone he may devour. Right. Um, so, and don't be surprised by that because that's what the lion likes to do. That's what Satan, I'm sorry, likes to do is to imitate, to act as if he is as important as, and as powerful as Jesus himself. He wants to be the false king that's what he so he wants to he puts on right. he masquerades as an angel of light as it were he looks all great but he's not um and so i tend to take the lion here as something that's given authority allowed to mm -hmm. take the life of this prophet for or this man of god from judah this good man of god from judah who comes healing withered hands uh, and pronouncing a making a pronouncement of judgment from God um, and is actually God's man and who is deceived into a bad position and then is killed because of it. All of these pieces, I think that the lion is the one who gets to come and take his life. But then what, interestingly enough, is not allowed to do maul or eat him or drag him away that's not what happens or even attack passage. the donkey which is weird or even touch the donkey mm -hmm. now the donkey's interesting in scripture because believe it or not in scripture there's a very in hebrew there are two different words for a male donkey and a female donkey you do not use the same word you use a completely mm -hmm. different word if you're talking about male or female so it's easy in the text if you know hebrew to tell oh that's a male donkey this is a female well the males are dumb dumber <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of dumb as dirt. The females are the ones who who seem to be going down the right path sometimes. It was a female donkey that kept trying to get Balaam's attention and say, hey, there's an angel standing in the road. I can't go through it. Okay. And and Balaam was the one who kept wanting to push his donkey to keep going. So all of that to say, this is a male donkey. This dumb donkey, dumb donkey here does wild not get donkey. killed. Yeah. Wild donkey, exactly. The wild ass that... that uh, Ishmael is called. That's what this is. Okay. Uh, and so while well, this this donkey does not get eaten, being ridden by the man of God from Judah, does but doesn't get hurt or oh. or eaten or torn in any way. But all of that is laid on, if you will, the man of God from Judah. Mm-hmm. He's the one who gets killed. But interestingly enough. He doesn't get mauled in any way. He doesn't get, you know, eaten, carried off, torn to pieces, bits, whatever it is. I can't help but wonder if there's a little bit of an illusion in there to like Acts 2.27, where, frankly, his body will not see decay is what mm-hmm. it says there. And it's it's no taken, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, which is a quote from Psalm 16. Um, and so all of those things, yes, no bones will be broken, like you said, another psalm quote. And so uh, those are the things that are kind of surrounding this thing, body, and then he's come, he's picked up by, we've already talked about this guy who was the one who deceived him, but now is showing such great favor. So it's hard to know. With, very just, hard to know. We're it's just very difficult. throwing some things out These there. Are speculative thoughts. It's just an odd picture to see this lion and donkey standing here together, kind of like they're just both standing here. Nothing's almost happening. Guarding almost this guarding this body. body. Yeah. Almost guarding and the body. And not, and the lion is not mauling the donkey. Not being aggressive. To and doesn't seem to be mauling other people. Who right. Are doesn't along. try to be aggressive toward anybody else either. It's as if the man of God has taken all of the lion's mm-hmm. ferocity on himself. Mm-hmm. Ah, and so, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You can't help but think that's interesting. And so this is a truly interesting story. And I think um, it's really helped me to look at it this way, because otherwise I just otherwise you got nothing. Like, why is this here? You're like, yes, what what in the world is going on? But when you look at it this way, it's really quite beautiful. I think it does. I think it becomes a story we can at least make some sense of. And I think the burial in the own grave, the deception over food. The withered hand, these are the things that make us go, okay, there's Jesus. Jesus is in this story. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in the story. So thinking about that is important. Of course, hey, Jesus guys. wasn't deceived like this man. Right. Type. We're just looking but at like a we type. Said, yeah. A type. And so, Leah, once again, a reminder to all our listeners, types are just people. So they're not, types aren't Jesus. If they were Jesus, they would be the anti-type. They would, right. they they would, would do it Jesus. all themselves. Yeah. Uh, but they don't, they can, but they do give us a vision of, Oh, there are some things there that are important that point to him. So, Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Love that you spend time with us. These weird stories are still great. Even when they get strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, so glad to have you along. We will go next time into more Jeroboam stuff who doesn't stop his evil ways. Uh, come back with us as we continue in Kings and we will dig some more and see what's happening to Israel as, as time marches forward and uh, watches Jesus continues to be there. God bless you all. We will talk to you very soon.